0: Welcome to the Choosing Happiness Podcast with me, your host, Rudrani Davey, the Happiness Lady. In these conversations, we will be discussing an uncommon way to find joy in your life with weekly special guests. Did you know you could choose your happy? Won't you come and play and discover how these magical tools could work for you? Let's do this! Well, howdy from Nashville, y'all. Rudrani Davey, the Happiness Lady. That's right, you got me again. And I'm thrilled beyond belief for my next podcast guest, who, you know, I like to say saved my life, because what I was going through and my journey of trying to find balance and all this stuff, um, I knew I couldn't function that way. Now, some of you know, I'll just give you a really quick backstory, um, that I was in India and got hurt. There was a terrorist attack, and I got shot by uh, terrorists. I'm brushing over it, because you guys can Google it, and I really want to get to Dr. Daring, so... Uh, Needless to say, much later down the pike, when I decided to get off of lots of over-the-counter meds, mainly, other than birth control or whatever, um, I started having symptoms, and um, I was actually told to go see this dude. Um, And amazing, functional neurologist uh, chiropractor. And um, I want to speak a little bit about him before I actually have him speak, okay? So let me get my big girl glasses on here. For those of you that are smart enough to be watching on YouTube. Okay. Dr. Justin Deering, y'all, has provided chiropractic care in the Franklin area since 2011. Now, Franklin is right down the road from Nashville, Tennessee. So he's about a 20-minute drive from me. In 2014, he achieved diplomat credentials in functional neurology. I love it, diplomat, at Deering Chiropractic Neurology. Our mission I'm reading right from this little thing here, is to identify underlying neurological issues and implement a specialized treatment protocol, improve function of the brain and neuromuscular system. Dr. Deering's passion, and I can vouch for this, y'all, because this guy works himself to death, I'm just saying, is helping his patients achieve optimal physical function, brain function, and improving their quality of life. And that's that headspace I was in because I was not having quality of life. I had no idea that when I got off all of this stuff that all these symptoms were going to start showing up. But before I get into all of that, hello, Dr. Deering. Thank you so much for agreeing, Dr. Justin Deering, Dr. D, for agreeing to um, be on the podcast.
1: It's my pleasure. Thank you for having
0: me. Yay. Um, do you want to tell the folks a little bit more about what you do? Because what I said is probably great to them.
1: Yes. Yeah, so my background has always been in, in uh, natural medicine of all sorts. So um, my career began as a chiropractor. I, soon after graduating and starting to practice, I got into acupuncture, herbal medicine, nutrition. I wanted to know how to get to the root of, of every problem that came through my door. So uh, that all ultimately led me down the road for the, the diplomate in neurology. Uh, it helped me to understand things like movement disorders, which is part of what your scenario was when you presented. Oh my gosh, this. part, <laughs> part, the worst part. Uh, yeah, and so functional neurology is is sort of what it's known as. Uh, so we use the understanding and the, the knowledge of how the brain works and how the body is coordinated by the brain uh, to essentially get the nervous system to balance. Right, so in your scenario, if we took a Chinese medicine approach, you came off medications, you were, um, you were traumatized you know, significantly. And so your nervous system did not feel safe and connected and, and all these, you know, things that we take for granted every day. Um, Chinese medicine would, would call that a windy condition. You were, you were dizzy. You had vertigo, obviously. Oh my God. Um, and that, yeah, it just
0: a- one second y'all. I yeah. didn't just have vertigo. I just want to explain to my listeners, I would try to get out of bed and would be holding on to the bed because the room was spinning so hard. I'm even amazed that I was able to get into my car uh, to get to my savior here because it was like the worst and it wasn't hungry because of the Disney, you know, how did you feel nauseous and all the things, but I just wanted to do a really quick timeout because it wasn't just, I was a little dizzy. Let's, let's
1: be sure. yeah. You were very dizzy.
0: I was so dizzy. The, the pictures in your office were even dancing. Right. If you right. recall.
1: And yeah. that's the dizziness and vertigo in general, uh, you had a, a, a mix of different types of dizziness, uh, essentially because the nervous system was basically disconnected from its gravity receptors. Uh, and if we can't you know, get all the information from our feet and from our spine and from our body, and especially our neck and cervical spine, uh, then we're going to have a hard time calculating where we're at in space. And so you throw on top of that some brainstem stress and maybe an injury, a little head injury. You might have whacked your head on a cabinet that set it off and you know who knows mm-hmm. where that came from. But I usually see chronic dizziness after head injuries. You know, it can be five years later and we you know, turn our head too fast in the car and we tweak the neck and that's the last straw. And here we are, we're chronically dizzy for years before you make it to somebody who can treat the underlying condition, uh, which requires Uh, functional neurology, uh, essentially to go through rehabilitation processes uh, for all the systems involved. So dizziness in general uh, involves the the neck, the inner ear, and the eyes, and their central calculation, which happens in the brainstem, uh, can often get disconnected for a number of reasons, whether that's inflammation in the brain from COVID or any other type of pathogen or virus. Uh, so there's just a, a, a mixture of systems involved. And, and so we see that in lots of other conditions as well. No matter what the problem is, it involves one of what we know and operate with at the Deering Clinic, which is the four pillars of, of health, essentially comes down to blood. What's the quality of your blood? What's the chemistry like? Is it balanced? Are you delivering blood flow to those neurons in your brainstem? Um, and then we have your bones, your structure, essentially your skeletal system and how well that's feeding back to the brain and the nervous system to tell you where you're at in space. Hmm. You have your muscles which is the third pillar. Your muscles also provide that feedback. They provide you know, good circulation for your body, growth hormones, all kinds of stuff that uh, happens when we use our muscles every day. And then the fourth pillar is your mind. Right? And so well, where was your mind, you know, at that moment in time, you were, you were terrified. Uh, of absolutely. Your and
0: there was this, I mean, I'm I'm curious to know, because now when you say the mind, I recall how much I had this um, short term memory loss and some stuttering going on as well, because I couldn't. And a lot of times I couldn't even find words. I remember um, being home for the holidays and I called the uh, washer and dryer the dishwasher because I just couldn't get the words. So what's going on in the brain when you can't even find the words you're looking for or you're you have you've just told somebody something and then you repeat it because I was literally I went to meet a friend for lunch and I hadn't told her what was going on with me. And I asked for extra sliced tomatoes on my burger three times. Yeah. And she finally put her hand on my knee and she was like, honey, you've asked the waitress three times for extra yeah. tomatoes. And the funny part was this, I, I didn't get my extra tomatoes, but I do yeah. remember. that. <laughs> but what is going on with the brain when, when that yeah. kind of oddity happens? I you yeah. think you're losing your mind.
1: Sure. I know. so that's one of my my favorite concepts there in, in neuro <laughs> is uh, is understanding how that works um, your your cervical spine has a lot to do with dizziness number one if your cervical spine is locked down your brain is is dizzy it will automatically lock down musculature so that you don't move and that you stay in the bed so that you don't fall on your face you know that's the brain's sort of safety mechanism uh, in that scenario but the cervical spine stimulates a number of coordinators in, in the brain, basically every part of the brain. But there's one really interesting part of the brain that that lies in your temporal lobe, which is, deals with memory, word formation. Uh, but it is very critical in the transfer of what just happened and putting that into short-term memory. This particular portion of the of the cortex is is critical for that, and it is highly linked to the cervical spine. And it's a yeah. cerv- is not stimulating this area to tell you where you're at in space and time, essentially, uh, then we get a disconnection there. And if things aren't stimulated, then they don't wire together to the other areas that they operate with in conjunction. So you end up with with you know, maybe not knowing where you're at in space or time and, and that affects memory. And so-
0: Thank God for sticky notes, Dr. Deering. because yeah. I would have to put on the dash of yeah. my car. Where am I going at what time? And that was another thing. I Even before the symptoms were notable, before I'd actually done the homeopathic route, and she was actually the one that sent me to you. I would show up for like yoga classes or Pilates classes an hour early or on the wrong day. And it was happening a lot to the point where people were like, are you overworking? Are you stressed? And this is before I was seeking you out and had all the dizziness. So there were signs. Yeah. I just wasn't. Paying attention, I just thought it was getting old or crazy or something. Or senile, <laughs> you know,
1: it can it can make you feel like that. But you know that when you, you know, if you're feeling in general somebody's sad or depressed or you know not doing well in general, the memory starts to go. I feel brain fog. You know, all these things come in. And as soon as that person begins to exercise and to move and to use their body, that stimulation comes back to the brain, and the person feels mm-hmm. brighter. They feel you know happier, more engaged, less brain fog. And so just using our body the way it was meant to be used and experiencing the full range of motion uh, of every joint and every muscle and tendon in our body uh, optimally stimulates the brain. And so mm-hmm. if you have a neck problem and you have a, an arm that jerks with a little movement disorder because of trauma, because of medications, because of you know a number of things, uh, then we're going to be constantly bombarding this neck with, with stress. And so if those muscles locked down because of that stress uh then we don't we don't get the full experience of our cervical spine motion and, uh, and that really wrecks your ability to form memories to feel good to have you know uh coordinated thoughts and coordinated words <laughs> Excuse me. uh you know so uh, there's a portion of our coordinator that that helps us to learn to catch a ball and never forget you know how to do that right uh, that like playing like- violin
0: i started playing violin at age three Exactly. And even if I don't touch it for for I'll say months, um, I can go back to it, and within a couple of weeks, I can relearn or remember pieces that right. I had memorized as a child. Right. And then, but I found myself not remembering what I had eaten yes. for lunch, and it was dinner time. Sure. You know, yeah. I started actually logging things to remember what I did, and I I had a sticky note to remind me to brush my teeth yeah. in the morning at one point. Yes. Which oh, is a weird. Have you ever heard of that before?
1: Oh yes. Yes, lots and lots of um, wild scenarios can happen with the, the brain and the nervous system when when stress is is all around um, in the body, in the neck, in the brain, and so ultimately your fight or flight mechanism kicks in, and the stress you know kind of uh, drives you to not do much and you know, not be stimulated and not really be able to take care of yourself, and so we have to we have to come in to those folks lives when they walk in our door uh, and let them know that, Hey, you're, you're in the right place. We understand what's happening here. uh, Show you, you know, what's going on. We measure it. We show you the, the problems with the eye movements. We put the goggles on you and measure how fast your eyes move, how, how accurately they move to targets. That tells us everything we need to know about where the problem is in the brainstem. So then we go after stimulating that particular area. So if your problem with word finding was because of your right cerebellum and your cervical spine coordinator, uh, then we go to stimulate that cerebellum. We do that with a number of modalities. We, we start with first by calming you down, and telling you that, you know, everything's going to be OK. We just have to work on this. Uh, and uh, you're muted, by the way, if you didn't know that. Uh, so <clears throat> you got it.
0: He would do this little thumb thing, y'all. You know, where he had put a little face on his thumb and had me follow his thumb with his with my eyes. For those of you that watch on YouTube, you're really missing out. I'm sorry, I got a little frog in my throat. <clears> throat. And so I was, like, trying to follow it. And even with the hand-eye coordination thing, where in the beginning it would take me so long to finish the light series. um, And then within, like, two months, I was able to knock it out in, like, a minute. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There were so many different things, but I do remember the first time I came in, you weren't the first person I saw. I saw somebody else who then brought you in and you should have seen the look on your face when you hit my knee with a little thing and my leg went flying and my other arm went flying. And you said, well, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> you were so calm. You didn't tell me until much later how entertaining that was for you yeah. <laughs> and that it was a little extreme.
1: Yes. Yes. It, it was, was the
0: words you used. And I also remember you saying something I've never down the road after we got to know each other better. I've never seen someone with such a brain injury that's able to function so well in the world. Right. Right. And I don't take anything, y'all. I might take an Advil two or three times a year. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt, but oh, I, just, no. No. I mean, what did you think when you first saw me when I first walked in?
1: Yeah, well, I said this is the worst movement disorder and uh, uh, injury that I've that I've come across in my career since I, I started practicing functional neurology, and I've seen loads of concussions with major problems, and you know, work to fix them, fix them all up. But uh, you know, watching that particular reflex, if I tap your your knee reflex and your patellar reflex, and that spills over in your spinal cord to make your, your arm jerk and move up into the air then I know we have a major spinal cord regulation problem uh, and that it's not like a lesion on your spinal cord. You didn't have, you know, lesions on your brain or anything else like that. It was, it was truly a functional, uh, functional deficit, we'll say, where things just aren't connected well. And so our approach in functional neurology and, and any type of rehab that we do is to find the problem and give it the three things that it needs to survive and then eventually thrive like you are now. Um, and, and those, those three main things are oxygen. We have to get oxygen there, which means we have to have blood flow and we have to be breathing well. Um, then we have to have good nutrients, which means good blood flow. And then we have to have stimulation. And that's what keeps neurons alive our, our whole life. And if you injure something and it doesn't immediately reconnect, you know, let's say after a concussion, you, know, you shear your brain stem a little bit and you, you disrupt some pathways, uh, then we'll have problems for a period of time. Um, usually most people will recover within a week or two. If it's a normal injury, it's their first concussion or whatever the scenario is. And it's, a week the, or two. it's the third concussion where that inflammation just sticks around and just, you know, keep, continues beating up those, those neural neuronal pathways. And so then our job is to, to try to pull down the inflammation, which is what we did in your case with herbs back then. I, mm-hmm. I did a lot of herbal medicine. of <laughs> herbs, but,
0: like, Acupuncture.
1: A lot of acupuncture, so we, we take acupuncture and we stimulate the nerves. Acupuncture stimulates not only the nerve uh, physically, uh, but it also chemically stimulates that nerve to, to bring growth factors and, and mobilize nutrients for your brain. And, and when I place a needle in the, in the windy, dizzy point in the back of the uh, scalp and the skull where the neck meets the skull, uh, this stimulates a whole pathway of things uh, through your right cerebellum, through your spinal cord, up into your brain on the left side where your left brain senses this movement and motion. And that sensory area connects with the motor maps of how to move it. It connects right. with your frontal lobe, <clears throat> how to process, you know, that movement. And so we're just stimulating those networks, uh, to reconnect essentially. So we want to dilate blood, fl- blood vessels. We can do that with acupuncture. We can do that with laser therapy. We can do that by putting oh, a yeah. demand on
0: the muscle. We did that as well. I want to share something though with the listeners because i mean, remember the first time you started doing acupuncture, I would get what I would, what I would call brain shakes. And, um, and you'd given me some exercises for those of you really going to have to jump over to YouTube. If you guys are listening on Spotify or Apple or something, but where I had to move my wrist or whatever. And I still use that to this day when I start to feel them happening, or I use the eye functioning things where I'm looking at one spot away and then one spot closer because yeah. you gave me a lot of eye exercises. but the, the thing was, is you would be doing this and I'd say, oh, I feel that going down my leg. And you go, well, yeah, that's the pathway that goes to blah, blah, blah. And then I'd say, oh, and now I'm feeling it over here. I'm getting a warm spot here. Oh, my brain's shaking. And then you started giving me vi- visualizations. Yes. Which helped a lot. Yes. Like, you know, being on a mountaintop or, or, or watching a, a willow tree, the wind blowing. the, oh. And I could I found that I could so easily go there. You know, for me, it's like expanding out and including everything and excluding nothing so that your drop and the ocean, you're not in, in your head doing this, you're in this expanded space. Was that something that you just knew um, to do on your own or was it something that was taught to you? I mean, I know you studied, didn't you study in Brazil for a while also? And
1: Sure, sure. Before in, you came. In Chile. Was
0: that just something that came yes. to you or... Uh, well, that was uh, maybe a
1: happy coincidence at that particular time. Uh, but understanding that even deeper, all these years later, is to know that when I think of something, let's say the willow tree that we talked about, you know, go to this mountaintop place and visualize this scene in your mind. Number one, it occupies your your brain so that you're not in the living in the stress space for the moment. Um, but it activates your frontal lobe. The only thing active when you're visualizing is your frontal lobe. that's your executive center, the thing that makes you human. And when we have brainstem problems, especially associated with severe stress, then I need something to trickle down onto that brainstem uh, to give it gentle activation without me coming in and, and doing a bunch of arm movements or neck manipulation or anything like that that might be too strong for your nervous system that would kind of complicate our progress if we went too far too fast the visualization is huge. And that was probably our first step, if I recall. Yeah. We had to
0: start with it because everything stimulated me to the point where, well, you remember the time (laughs) that you had had, you'd put some needles in me. I know I'm jumping all over the place. This is my ADD that I don't take anything for y'all, where my body was kind of going a little nuts. And I had finally gotten to the space of allowing my body to let go of all this stuff that was you know, unwinding is what I call it, where there was so much caught up in my body that wanted to be let loose from the stress and maybe from what had happened in India or in my in my childhood you know, with, the, with the abuse as a child. All those things were finally coming up to the surface and I finally allowed it to go. And I remember you came in one time and I was hanging halfway off the table. And, and, and this is what I love about your, humor, your dry humor. You were like, oh, that's how you ended up. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And you were like... Well, I'll be back to Jesse in about fifteen minutes. I'm like, could you help me get back up on, on the table first?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you
0: remember that?
1: I don't recall that particular. You don't remember but, uh, like, but yes, uh, that happens when your body <laughs> shakes and moves like that. That's very, very much associated with a you know traumatic history. Uh, I was and,
0: thinking I should be in a padded room because y'all almost fell off this table a couple of times. Yeah. I was like,
1: <laughs> back back in the old days when they first started studying neurology, uh, they would have. They would have called that hysteria and, you know, you would have, would have been put in a straitjacket, uh, oh uh, but, you know, understanding where that is coming from allows us to, to be able to operate, to, to treat it so that we can stimulate the things that need to be stimulated, reconnect the system so that you can be better grounded. Right? Mm-hmm. So when you're, when you're in your best state in life, you're, you're connected, you know. You have the, the social engagements. You're 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 outward in your in your uh, seeking of you know companionship and friendship and all these different things. Uh, but the moment that stress comes in, you rise up into a little bit of fight or flight mode. You start to get a little anxious. You get a little panicky. Maybe you resolve the situation. You come back down to this you know lower level. You know social engagement, uh, safety and connection and all of that. Uh, right. and you know, digestion is good in that state. Uh, your immune system is good in that state. But the moment we, we get up into that fight or flight state and we get higher and higher and higher. Well, if there's a tiger that is staring me in the face, then I'm, I'm probably just going to freeze. So I go into that freeze right. mode, right? And your body was, was teetering between the fight or flight and the freeze mode and <clears throat> the, the stress and the trauma and the history, uh, all lends itself towards, uh, the emotional system spilling over into the motor system. And that's what huh. creates this this vibration that you feel in your chest if you're panicky or, um, you know, if you've had... So if you're
0: trying to suppress those emotions, mm-hmm. what tends to happen? Because, I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, they have like um, panic attacks and they're out. I mean, because I've with a lot of clients, too, that have a lot of the same issues. And they don't want to, they don't want people to see that they're... Panicky, So they try to suppress it. Like for me, when my body wanted to jolt around, I didn't, I would sit on my hands, you know, I didn't want people to see that.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you know, of course that's, that's uncomfortable if you don't know, you know, what's going on with you and you're, you're, you know, outwardly shaking or, you know, having movements or, you know, your, your, your chest is tightening up because you're having a, a panic attack in a social environment that you're not comfortable with or just, you know, whatever scale that's on. Uh, the, the nervous system will want you to flee right, from that situation, and so that's the fight or flight. Right? I'm fighting it because I'm trying to be here in this social environment, but I know that right. I make attacks when I'm, you know, in a social environment like this. But I'm fighting to try to be here, but my body is wanting to flee. That's this 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 regulation of the nervous system depends on uh, an automatic system in the body, which is our autonomic nervous system. It's the thing running in the background all the time. Uh, but the the autonomic state, uh, if I'm not relaxed in a sort of rest and digest mode, uh, then I'm in a sympathetic, aroused state. And so the in, inability to you know get yourself out of that aroused state back down to a relaxed state in an environment where you shouldn't necessarily be threatened, uh, then your nervous system will, will teeter-totter back and forth between this fight or flight and freeze. And so that ultimately you know, gets reflected in the spilling over into the motor system where we get the shaking uh, thing that happens. Uh, so gotcha. that it's it's complicated.
0: Well, I yeah, I know I, I, it's fascinating actually to me. I know that I had some, um I had some grafting done, some gum grafting done and you, you stay awake and they, you know, they numb your mouth and numb your gums. They, the doctor, the nurses, and then you watch them with a needle <laughs> and thread or whatever it is, and they're stitching in or grafting in um, cadaver gums. I know this is very exciting, but I felt my body starting to get uptight. And you know, I talk to my body all the time. I'm like, "Good job, body. It's going to be okay. This is actually, you know, it's something that's going to actually help us, so we don't lose our teeth. All the things. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm so obsessed with my teeth, y'all, that I've had braces um, three times and and now and now four Invisalign. Because the gum grafting actually made all my teeth move again. Ah, wish I had known that. Anyway, beforehand, um, I digress. But what I did was I was with one hand petting my leg to let my body know that I was there for it. Even though it was me touching my body. You know, this is also my body, my hand. And I was doing this exercise you had given me ah, nice. to do. And yeah. I was looking at the doctor's nose. And then I was looking at the wall behind him, and I was looking yeah. at his nose. Right. That thumb exercise, you know. Exactly. Come nose, get over here. Yeah. over here. And he said, what are you doing? And I said, I am I'm getting my body settled. Yeah. This will simmer my body down. Because he said, yeah, you seem a little. I said, I'm not actually nervous. I was excited to get this work done. But my body, is that the disconnect you were talking about? Because my body was just automatically going into this thing. And I'm going, wait a minute. We are, he is not stitching our mouth shut. Shoot. This is
1: good. It'd be sure. okay, yeah. Uh, you know, so there's probably a number of mechanisms happening there, but uh, you know, you're <laughs> in this place where you know you can't move because you have to do this procedure, and your brain is saying, Well, this is kind of odd, it might be painful at some point if he, you know, hits the nerve. It kept quite-
0: wearing off, which he had yeah. to keep injecting me, and he said yeah. to me, This is not normal.
1: Yeah. He had to
0: give me the local like three or four times during the surgery,
1: right? Right? Well, hearing, not normal, and knowing that that pain is, is probably coming if this thing wears off fast produces a little bit of fear uh, but right. then you then you also have this observation of the of the stitching happening and it's going away from you and coming back close to you and going away from mm-hmm. you. The reason that we do some of those exercises where you go near far uh, mm-hmm. is to help your upper brain stem which deals with your arousal and stress response and all of that uh, is is to stimulate it. Um, because if I take my thumb and you're really wound up, if we would have done this test on your first day, uh, I purposely didn't do that so that we don't, you know, wind up your nervous system more. Yeah. But if you're just saying, um, oh, I got brain fog and I hit my head and all this, but you don't know where your stress or emotions or whatever's coming from. And I see how your eyes move and I take my thumb closer to your nose, uh, then automatically if you can't process that well. Or things are disconnected, and something's coming closer to me. You know, your your autonomic nervous system doesn't know whether that thumb is a thumb or a tiger, and it's getting closer to me. And so it's that it's that coming close, coming close, will send this sympathetic system into fight or flight, just automatically. So
0: the brain doesn't get the information.
1: Basically, it doesn't understand. You know,
0: it doesn't get the correct information, or or it's it's pumping everything into
1: yeah. It's hard to process. to be
0: attacked yeah, by a giant the, thumb. No. I mean,
1: right. just, <laughs> what that stress is. Um, and so that's, that's, that's the funny thing about the brain is that it's, it's operating in the background all the time. And mm-hmm. it's our frontal lobe that has our thoughts about how it's operating and what our environment's like and, and you know, what our future holds and all of that, you know, and of course, you know, if you don't live in the present moment, then you're probably a bit anxious about the future as well, even anticipating things and, that's this whole sort of you know anxiety aspect of uh, most people's uh, daily life uh, in this world. Uh, yeah, so, kind of
0: where we're at now, especially yeah. since COVID, I would say. You know what's so funny, though, Dr. Deering, is they ended up waking me up because I fell asleep halfway through this process. Oh wow. <laughs> I got so relaxed
1: nice, because you, doing the
0: exercises you're and imagining the willow out. tree. <laughs> <I'm> just...
1: <laughs> well, that's, the, that's the power of your frontal lobe. I guess. <laughs> yeah
0: wow okay so we've talked a lot about me haven't we was there anything else from that experience that you can recall that you could share because basically i'm, I'm actually going to extrapolate from this conversation y'all because uh, i'm writing my fifth book about my experience of getting through i'm going to call it in quotes ptsd in a matter of four months uh getting off of everything and doing it naturally and you know you were a key role in that, but would there be anything else? Because I know we worked on my balance as well, oh, yeah. where I'd kind of had to bend over and lift one leg, and at one point I was standing on something that made my leg unstable. Sure. What is the purpose of? So yeah, what is that exercise?
1: Well, so if we have a, a brain that basically disconnects from the body to a degree, we have you know a bunch of mental things that are happening, like dissociation, and you know feeling like your head's floating or feeling heav- heaviness or something like that. then we know that we've had extensive disconnection, not that anything's severed or that there's a tumor in your brainstem or anything like that. But uh, if something's been disconnected for a long period of time, if I put my arm in a cast and I break it after I break it, uh, then my muscles are going to get atrophied, right? And so like
0: my leg, yeah.
1: Same thing in the brain. If we don't use it, we lose it kind of scenario. Uh, these nerves need to be constantly calibrated I like to refer to it as and so Mm -hmm. functional neurology is recalibrating your nervous system so we use uh, a bunch of tools to help your body experience all ranges of motion Mm -hmm. Uh, your head and neck need to have good perception and sensing of how you move forward how you rotate right and left looking at Mm -hmm. target and that's vestibular therapy essentially we use eye movements which is visual therapy and then we use body movements, which is traditional rehab, but with a um, with a neurological focus. So we put you on a on an unstable surface that that when you you didn't have perfect balance, would tilt right or left or forward or back, and you your brain had to connect, reconnect with your feet uh, through your body uh, to utilize all of your normal riding mechanisms, so that your inner ear connect with your neck and connect with your feet and the rest of your body. So we use those traditional kind of balance perturbations to be able to kind of tune up the system, if you will. Right. So after we got the dizziness and the big component of, of fear and, and shakiness after we got all of that calmed down to a degree, then it's time to start using the body so that we can tune up and calibrate the whole system. And, and of course continue working on the internal aspect of blood vessel health, inflammation reduction, um, restoring nutrients and antioxidants that get used up in large degree when, when you're severely stressed. So repleting the body with, with the things that might have been depleted by, by operating at a thousand miles a minute, trying to figure out how to stand on your feet.
0: That's how it felt. Anyway. I remember you had this shaking pad thing too, that I had to stand on at one point, but I don't remember much more about it than that.
1: Yeah, you know, vibration. and there was another
0: one too where you had me looking, you know, or I had to hit a light. The yeah, light would yeah. come on, and I had to not right. look at it but see it in my peripheral vision. Yeah, and hit it. That so, was so hard, y'all. I felt like such an idiot because I'd be like, "Oh, it's there. Oh, it's there. Oh, it's." There. <laughs> you know, so, cause it took me so long to, to to I'd see it, but it felt like a thousand years before I could get my hand over to it.
1: The light therapy that we use was to remap your environment around your body uh, so that you, know, you knew where your space was and so that targets that came in towards you uh, or away from you uh, weren't threatening to your nervous system and didn't wind you up, you know. And so using those lights and movements and using your peripheral vision helps you to kind of remap all of the ranges of motion, of movement, and your ability to get to those targets so that if I want to go pick up this coffee cup without looking at it, I'm just looking. You, I need to know where that coffee cup is so that I don't spill it on my computer, right? And that—that that is
0: another thing that
1: we take for granted. But when you have an injury like you had, your your nervous system gets so narrowed in on survival, then your your vision and your motor maps of your environment also get narrowed, and especially if they're not stimulated, and you can't pick up the coffee cup for three weeks because you're so dizzy and shaky, then your brain just forgets how to do that exactly
0: important. what happened. Yeah. That's, that's, that's exactly what happened, y'all. I would be like, uh, cup. <laughs> I've got it. Or whatever. I mean, I, I felt like I I had won the prize when I finally was able to get through that whole mapping thing. Yeah. Because I was I I know I, I pestered you to death. I was like, Well, how fast am I supposed to do it when I know I'm healed? And you're like, Well, you know, you'll get there. You'll just yeah. gonna be okay. I'm like, it's taking me like eight minutes to <laughs> I would only get like five lights in a matter of whatever the timing was. And then I had to stop the timer. And then I had to start it again. You know? Mm-hmm. And finally I was able to get through the whole thing, which was like something like thirty lights yeah. within this minute of time. And I felt like, Yay, I'm winning, you know. Uh, <laughs>
1: and that that is the key. That is the achievement which builds reward and repletes our dopamine stores in our frontal lobe that you know, is our motivation and reward to go back and live life normal.
0: Right. I would come in and cry, y'all. He would be done with me, and I would sleep on the table until they closed, and then left. I would be there, like, in the beginning, you had me there four days a week. Yeah. Yeah. And I, other than that, I slept so much, and I I even had hard, easy for me to say, I even had a hard time eating, y'all. It would be, like, difficult for me to To chew and swallow you know which that's why i thought i was losing my mind i mean i literally thought i was losing my mind it started because i went to homeopath and i've had her on the show she's the one that found you and um well she had me go online first to try to do the to get the ear thing where you get in different positions and it made it so much worse because i did not know what i was doing so we finally found you it was going to be hard for me to get in i'm like begging and then somebody called me back like within 24 hours and said, well, we had a cancellation. Would you like to come in? I'm like, yes, I would. Mm-hmm. but half the time I would come in, I would just start crying y'all. Cause it was, I was so tired. I mean, here I'd gone to homeopath to get, to feel better. And once I started getting off all the stuff that was actually suppressing all of the PTSD symptoms, I was miserable. I was like, what have I done? <laughs> Why did I do this? But before, and the reason why when I went—I was on migraine meds, and taking Advil and drinking copious amounts of coffee just to get out of bed. I couldn't even work out, and I was like that person that loved working out, loved going for a run, and and all the things. So by the time I'd gotten to you, I think I was actually off of everything, but I I could I just couldn't function, could not function. Yep. And I don't remember getting a brain injury. I mean, it could have been the bullet that grazed my neck that could have caused that, you know, I could have hit the ground really hard. My dad might've whacked me up side of the head when I was young and I don't remember or falling out of a tree, you know, who knows?
1: There's, I'm sure all of those might have existed. And Probably all the, of the above. <laughs> it's the accumulation of all of that stuff. And then you, you throw on a major stressor and trauma and, the nervous system has a hard time regulating in, in those types of environments. And you suppress all of that stress with medications and those medications have side effects, especially long-term use. And, and, you know, it ends up affecting the nervous system. in, in some cases,
0: I thought it was environmental that I was getting all these headaches,
1: yeah. but
0: not at all. So hmm.
1: all headaches and migraines originate in your neck
0: repeat that again please y'all listen carefully
1: i would say almost all headaches and migraines um, <laughs> just to clarify almost all headaches and migraines uh, originate in your neck and wow. medications can suppress them but the neck problem's still there and it can get worse over time and lead to locking down of your neck and then next thing you know you're you're dizzy or brain fogged or any number of other neurological conditions can happen when you when you suppress things that are telling you uh, it's a smoke alarm, right? If we take the batteries out of the smoke alarm uh, by putting a medication on top of it that, you know, we don't absolutely need if we can get to the root of the problem, uh, then, you know, batteries out of the smoke alarm, you, you won't know when there's a grease fire in the kitchen. If you're in the backyard. You right. know
0: a- That's why I don't, I mean, I'm working out again, y'all. And believe me, it, I would, the beginning of it was on the eighth week now. And I'm finally, I'm finally not in pain constantly (laughs) from lifting weights because it had been so long, but I refused to take anything or even put a topical because I've been injured so much working out that I was like, I want to make sure I know the warning signs. And I've learned through homeopathy and through you. Thank you so much, Dr. Deering. that, you know, it's take some herbs if you need them, but, you know, um, get the blood flow going. Don't try to suppress it. If you suppress it, then you could get hurt even worse, you know, then. Yeah. And uh, we know we none of us want that, y'all. You don't want that. Um, I'm very curious to know what got you so interested. You know, you could have gone into being a medical doctor. I mean, I know that your wife is a nurse, yes, um, and and all of that. But what made you decide that this was your path? Was there something personal that took place, or yes, yeah, uh, yes? Okay. Oh, good. <laughs>
1: let's, let's a do, significant frustration. Let's
0: pressure. focus on you now.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> What well, led I, you to this?
1: Yeah, I was I was a young young kid, uh, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. I started to develop uh, chronic sinus infections and, and headaches and all that. And little did I know at that time that uh, all of the stuff that I was into was, you know, mountain biking and four-wheeler riding and, you know, scuffles with my brother and all that stuff. I'd hit my head a bunch of times. And it was football that I was... When I was 12 years old, it was shortly after that that all this stuff got worse and became constantly chronic. In football, I had a major concussion. Somebody blindsided me, knocked me out on the, on the field there. <clears throat> and when I came to, ears were ringing. I couldn't hear any, any of the yelling going on around me between the coach and the ref and the other team or whatever. Uh, and, you know, woke up from that eventually and kind of got my bearings back within a few days. And thought I was fine. You know, didn't wow. think anything else about that concussion or any other head injury. But anyway, these headaches and chronic sinus infections just continued to pile up and get worse. I went to ENTs, went to you know, everybody, took a bunch of antibiotics, a bunch. Almost lived on them for several years as a kid. And, wow. you know, other anti-inflammatories and all those things that kind of wrecked my gut. And different things were popping up that weren't there before, but I still had all my stuff uh, going on and nobody could, could find the solution to the problem. Finally oh, there's can,
0: some more drugs? Yeah, right? Uh,
1: finally,
0: Here, take specific. this for your stomach. Yeah. <laughs> take this for your pain.
1: Yeah. And wow. So, well, why don't we get a CT scan and, and look at your, your whole head? And they found out, oh, well, you have a deviated septum. That's probably the problem. And we can go in and surgically correct that. I said, whatever you have to do.
0: How old were you?
1: I was, by that time I was 15.
0: And, oh my uh, God. Deviated septum at yeah. 15. That's a major, well, I don't know if it's a major surgery, but at, at that time I'm sure it was yeah. more serious than it is now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's probably <laughs> better these days. Um, uh, and back then there, there was, you know, a, a success rate of you know 50% and people get better. And I said, okay, I'll take 50%. Right. Uh, and so I was, I was going to sign up for the surgery. And, uh, my, my grandmother said, well, you know, will you, will you please go to my chiropractor? I didn't want anybody touching my neck. It hurt. Um, and I was kind of scared of her chiropractor. Uh, but, uh, she took me in.
0: <laughs> says the chiropractor. Anyway, right. she, <laughs> says,
1: she says, I, th- I think he can help with your headaches at least. Just give it a try. And so I did. First one wasn't that bad. And I kind of got over that, that fear of anticipating, you know, hurting my neck or something. And, uh, you know, started to loosen my neck up. So this is great. and, within within two weeks i think i've had three adjustments and within three adjustments i've never had a headache again never had a sinus infection wow. so you know it was it was one of you those were months. sold yeah I said, well cancel the surgery i'm good and i might even want to do this for my career because you know i just spent three to four years running around to you know five different doctors and not finding a solution in fact making it a bit worse with you know, letting it go on, taking antibiotics and all the different things. And so I was, we'll say frustrated, to say the least. You yeah. think?
0: I know that feeling. And, yeah. intimately.
1: And so in that moment, I said, well, this could have been done three years ago if this was the cause of the problem. And there are lots of different factors that go into it. You know, There's you know, a number of other pieces that uh, that could be the source of a deviated septum or chronic sinus infection or anything else. It just happened to be in my situation that it was because my neck was twisted and it twisted my, the the covering of the brain attaches to the back of the sinuses. So if your neck's twisted, it's like a balloon. You'll get creases in that balloon and you don't get great cerebral spinal fluid flow and it doesn't wash that tissue like it should. And so it just allows things to stagnate. The immune system uh, can't operate normally in a stagnated environment. And so unwinding my neck, unwound that stagnation and it allowed my brain and my sinuses to to get the proper flow that they needed, right? blood flow and nutrients and stimulation, um, and so that that's what fixed it for me. And I was very grateful. And so I started studying and uh, bought a bought a book on an infomercial that was on TV at the time. That was back at the uh, the beginning of the wellness revolution. It was a book on uh, uh, basically organic food and you know plastic toxins and different things that I'd never heard of, you know, nobody else I knew had ever heard of. And so I started thinking about that book and trying to implement it in my life. I started getting guacamole at the uh, Mexican restaurant because avocados are good for you. And I didn't know, I didn't know what it was made of, you know? So um, I just started making one, one little change at a time over the years and just became more and more passionate and, and, uh, you know, curious about it all. And so went to chiropractic school, Studied in every different area that I could find information, and not just you know adjustments. We focused on rehabilitation and different you know rehab techniques, and and I was interested in, in the neurology aspect of things that was uh, being you know, brought up at the time uh, in chiropractic school, and so that, that piqued my interest. And later on, I would I would go into that that diplomate. Uh, training and, and other fellowship training in acupuncture and herbal medicine and so over over my career I have just added one thing after another and and it's culminated in a uh, a dream regenerative medicine and regenerative therapy clinic uh, now I operate with my wife the nurse practitioner who agreed to come on board and start this crazy journey of, of adding a bunch of different therapies and modalities to, to help us get to the core and the root of almost every problem that you can imagine. If we can just tune the body up and help it to operate the way it's supposed to, uh, it's amazing. What can happen?
0: The body is so amazing. And by the way, I love Lauren. She's, she's dull. She's, she's amazing. Um, The thing about the body y'all, I mean, it's so smart. It's so much smarter than you are. If it's trying, if you're getting pain, it really is, or dizziness, or any symptom, it's trying to tell you something. I don't know how many people have sent to you now. I'm like, he's a miracle worker. And what I love about you is you're so curious. I mean, you're still studying all the time, and your team now. I yeah. mean, when I first walked into your office, which I don't even remember now exactly when that 2018, maybe must have been, it must yeah. have been something like that. And I've watched you go through different staff members and all this. And now you've got all these different aspects covered. And I remember my mom, because she was, shortly after I started seeing you, my symptoms got worse before they got better. I mean, I was stuttering even more. Um, The brain, I was aware of the brain fog. You know, I panicked a lot because you know, I'd start crying. because I'm like, I can't remember where I'm going, all the things. And I remember Celeste. Y'all have heard me talk about the Celeste, the queen, several times. And she's like, he ruined you. He messed you up. And I said, like, Mom, I'm functioning in the world now. How in the world did he mess me up? So y'all had to trick her because what happened was we had to get her hearing aids because, you know, we'd be talking and she would hear me say, saying something completely different from what I was saying, you know, and it was getting to the point where it was frustrating her. It was frustrating me. And then she developed some sort of inner ear thing where she was so dizzy, she couldn't get around. We went to her doctors first that of course wanted to put her on drugs. She took a couple of things that that made her feel sick, you know, nauseous and all this. So I tricked her. I called, uh, you know, I talked to your staff. I was like, I got to get my mom in. And she thought I was taking her to a different doctor. I didn't say much. I, I get her there. She goes, so what is this doctor for again? I said, well, you know, it's a neurological doctor. So I, said, I didn't even call you chiropractor because many years before I had taken her to one and he put needles in her and she was not happy. She was not happy. So you were so sweet with her. You know, you looked at her and you did the thumb and all the things. Evidently, she was better than I was because you wouldn't even do the thumb on me the first day. And I'm like, oh Lord, here it comes. You know, you had the light therapy and everything. And you're like, now yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna put about, I don't know, 12 needles in you. That'd be okay. And and then, and, and then, you know, I'm gonna just adjust you a little bit. My mom's like, oh, she made me do this before and it didn't do anything for me. Blah, 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 blah. And y'all, you know, she walked out of there without needing my assistance whatsoever. I mean, your bedside manner is, you know, I wish it could have been my dad.
1: <laughs> well, that's funny. My little girl's is uh, birthday is today. She is seven years old, uh, so I will show her this recording when, she, when she's a teenager. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's right. This lady says she wishes I was her dad, so I want you to remember that. Because yeah, because you're just the way that you. Because I've seen you even with kids screaming, kids coming in there, and all the, the things. Oh. You're you're amazing. I don't know if I could have gone through this with. Any other chiropractor because you really knew how to get me settled, yeah, so to speak. Because I know I, I'm a lot even for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No, I didn't get into this to to do counseling, by any means. <laughs> but over the years, just to be able to operate uh, efficiently, uh, it is something I've learned to do, um, and and turns out that that might be one of the most important pieces to treating people. Yeah. Uh, from from a physician standpoint, is to hear them number yeah. one, and then to acknowledge that, and then to walk them through a a potential journey that that, that needs to be taken. And so the the guide in me is uh, essentially just sort of guiding that person down the path uh, towards getting them what they want. But if if I'm not a good enough guide, then they're going to resist me helping them get to where they need to be because they don't trust the process. And so if you don't trust well, the process, then nothing's going to work. You
0: know? The queen, it took about the third visit. And then I actually heard her say on the phone to diff to my different siblings, you know, cause they, they watched what I went through also cause it was happening through a holiday. And I had to tell them occasionally, my arm might fly up in the air and I might repeat myself and, sometimes this, is, this, is, this is a stutter you know <laughs> it's yeah. like i pre-warned them and they wouldn't even look at me they didn't i think they didn't know how to deal with it yeah. i mean i found that my nieces and nephews were a lot more understanding than my mm-hmm. siblings because they're like yeah. we've never seen you this way before but yeah. i actually heard her talking to my siblings and saying yeah, he's the only one that can help me
1: he's the uh,
0: only one no pressure, yeah. no pressure
1: yeah right yeah i don't feel any pressure
0: I'm just so grateful because I just I didn't know how in the world we were going to be able to cohabitate. Yeah. You know, the hearing aids were, were, were a big help, and then she still gets carsick, yeah. but it's not nearly what we went through before. And you know, mornings are not the best for her. Yeah. But you had her doing those eye exercises too. You know, I was like, Did you do your eye exercises today? I, mean, I feel yeah. like we've switched roles now. Yeah. I'm the yeah. mom. She's the kid.
1: I, I have a I have a 92 year old uh, patient who. Uh, Seen for many, many years, and she came to me for dizziness many years ago. And uh, I always make it a point to ask her, Do you still do your eye exercises? Oh, yes, every day. And if I forget a day, then I'll, I'll feel something come in my neck or my balance. And I, I, I know to go immediately to my eye exercises and tune myself up. And I'm just like, Oh, I've, I've Isn't that amazing. It. it is amazing. It, it's, it, it's
0: because perfect. I'm the same way. If I start to get those symptoms, I, I have the tools right. to unwind myself out of it. I do find, or at least I did recently, my mom just celebrated her 90th birthday and my family came to celebrate most of them that could get there. And I got so wound up while they were here. <laughs> and I was like, thank God I have these tools. And you know, they're not bad people. I'm not trying to paint a picture, you know, that um, it's just, it's a lot because I'm dealing with, with her and with them and, you know, a house full of people and all this stuff. But I was just so grateful that I had Tools. I I still exploded on them (laughs) by the evening, but I got through it. And they were walking on eggshells, which was appropriate. It was, was what was needed. And, um, and they were so much kinder the next day. It actually worked out. But anyway, I digress. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm still gonna be me. I'm. (laughs) Show all the things. Well, wow, 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 wow. Oh, I. You know, I. I do want to ask you one other thing. um, Also because I know that you went to Brazil. Did you like, so you got your, you went through school and then you went to Brazil to, to what, to do what basically just to study under someone for a while or.
1: So it was Chile, In
0: fact. Oh, uh, Chile! I'm sorry. Yeah. It
1: was Chile. So I really went to go and play and raft down some beautiful white water and uh, take a trip oh. through Patagonia. Uh, but oh. while I was there, I was, I had the opportunity to help a friend who was starting a second clinic. So I would I would help treat his patients that would kind of stop by uh, the office, you know, without without an appointment or anything. And so I, I treated some of his patients and uh, he was he was a mentor of mine while we were in school before he graduated uh, as mentor in uh, a sacro occipital technique, which is basically osteopathic types of manipulation of the cranium and the skull. And so since I was learning in chiropractic school that my problem existed because my skull was twisted and my neck was twisted, I really wanted to know, you know, exactly how do you get deeper into something like that, and uh, and he taught me uh, everything I needed to know about how to unwind that deviated septum and the the, the the coverings in the brain and and all of that, and so I got to I got to study technically under a, a mentor oh, uh, ship cool. role and go raft in Patagonia and uh, play. So
0: I love nature great, too.
1: Great experience. Oh yes. That. Uh,
0: and and then you were going to stay, but. You went home for a friend's wedding uh huh, and, and destiny took another turn.
1: That's right. That's right. That's how it happened. That's why we're here in Nashville.
0: Yeah. He met, he met his wife y'all. That's, that's the punchline. They met at a friend's wedding and they had this long distance phone thing going on. And he was like, she the one for me. I reckon I won't be staying in Chile. No, more. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you
0: know? and I am so grateful to your wife for that because yes, Because I'm so grateful to have you in my world. Thank you so much for everything you do for so many people.
1: Happy to be there in in the time of (laughs) need.
0: And I hope you take care of you. In fact, you know, this is called the Choosing Happiness podcast. So I got to ask, how in the world do you get your happy on? What do you do to maintain your happy?
1: Sure. Well, uh, I have many... Outlets for that, but it's it's mostly being outside and uh, grounding myself with you know just sort of taking a mindful walk and looking at the the trees and observing you know all the plants and all the things happening and and uh, looking up into the sky and just sort of breathing and showing gratitude and appreciation for this opportunity to be here in the moment. So that's that's the fundamental uh, way to to do that among amongst all the, the stress that uh, life. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I've seen you running from office to office, so I totally get it. I totally oh, yeah. get it. Wow. Well, it's been such a delight to have you on the podcast. I'm so grateful that my listeners got to meet you because I, I hadn't, to, it took me what a year and a half to nail you down for this conversation. Maybe. something like that. Maybe. <laughs> About that. And so if people were going to look for you, where would they find you?
1: Uh, so you can find us uh, on social media um, at the Deering clinic. And uh, our website is thedeeringclinic.com, uh, and you can also, you know, find us by walking into of the office and in- inquiring about you know, services and all of those things. And you can give us a call six one five seven two one five one four one is our
0: phone. There you go. So, We're gonna have to write a song like eight six seven five three. Oh, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> Now I've Mark. just dated myself. Uh, very cool. I'll make sure that all the deets are underneath in show notes, y'all. And um, if you enjoyed this conversation, um, please subscribe because we we get to talk to a lot of amazing people on this podcast. Um, and if you know anyone that this could help, you know, someone who's got these kinds of symptoms or all the things, um, you know, share this conversation with them. They may not know that there is another way of looking at this, you know, that they don't have to be taking all these drugs and, and, and live the way they are living. I mean, I, I didn't know. I mean, it's so funny cause I'm, I'm considering myself a very holistic person and yet I didn't, uh, when I, you know, I had to take the migraine meds and that was the only thing that was giving me peace. I was like, Oh, okay, well, you know, that was derived from nature also. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. That was me fooling myself. So um, I will have a book coming out and about other ways unwind the body and you know be kind to it so because it's kind to you it lets you drag it around and throw drugs in it and stuff and not to say you know I'm not knocking the drugs or the doctors I don't want any hate mail (laughs) but uh anyway there are other ways if you're curious so thank you Dr. Deering, for being so curious creating such a lovely space for people to achieve wholeness I'm certainly grateful absolutely thank you you're so welcome Hey, and until next time, y'all, signing off, the Happiness Lady saying chow chow for now. Bye. Thank you so much for Choosing Happiness. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share, and give us a like. And if you want more happy, subscribe to the Choosing Happiness membership, where you can play directly with me, Rudrani Davy, the Happiness Lady. How does it get any better than that?